Welcome to Pop Culture Federation. Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey, and I'm here today with my boy, Nunez. I've talked about him before on the show. If you follow us on Instagram, he definitely, uh, I guess I didn't say tweet us out, storied us out. I don't really know if Instagram has actually, a term for it. I did I tweeted you out, all that. Oh, you yeah, did tweet did. us out, too. Yes, you did. Uh, you tweet us out and on Instagram. Uh, but now he's here with me, and we're going to talk about all things Pokemon. So how you doing, I'm happy buddy? to be here, man. How are you? Fantastic. So I know we talked about this for a couple months now, um, but whenever I bring up uh, like favorite YouTubers or stuff that I'm watching or uh, whenever we shoot the breeze and uh, I've been saying, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Pokemon stuff lately and I always bring up your channel and talk about it. But um, for those of you who don't know, we met a long time ago. In Woodshop. <laughs> My freshman year of high school, so that was like literally, what, 2006, I think? 2007? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I remember you had a Game Boy Micro in class. And I, this was a teacher who just didn't care about anything. So I remember you were playing a Game Boy Micro, and I think that was the first time I saw one in person. Wow. Yeah, that's actually crazy because I, <laughs> I was actually thinking about that recently. I kind of want to get one. Yeah, the Game Boy Micro back then, too. Um, it's probably 2005, 2006. I was probably playing Emerald version, too. Uh, you know what's crazy? I actually found that Game Boy Micro at a GameStop down in Atlantic City. My my parents, that's funny too, my mom literally just got home from Atlantic City like 20 minutes ago. But my, pretty much my whole life, uh, my parents are super big into like Atlantic City and, and a lot of my life I spent down there, you know, weekends and stuff. So we went to a GameStop down there and I had never had seen one before and I just had to have it. Once I seen it, I was like, well, I didn't even know this existed. Honestly, it wasn't even big back then, too. Yeah, like you said, you like you never found it. I'd never even seen it before I went into that GameStop. I never even knew one existed, literally. No, I didn't either. I had a so I had a Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. And I had the SP. It actually got stolen out of a gym my my gym wow. bag in gym, gym glass. Um, yeah, but I had um, but I never had the micro. And I, when you played it, that was the first time I saw it. But I, speaking of Atlantic City, when I was a kid too, whenever we would go on like a weekend vacation. Usually, was, I've never been to Wildwood. I still haven't in my oh, life, really? but I've been to Atlantic City a ton of times. The only time I actually ever went to Wildwood was for, like, senior year, like a thing, I guess. For my school, always did, like, junior year that everyone went to Seaside, and then senior year, everyone went to Wildwood. That's just, like, how it was. Yeah, that, no, that was that was yeah. the same thing for right after prom. I don't know. I didn't Honestly, but, I kind of like Seaside. I didn't really like Wildwood at the time, and also, this was 10 years ago. It might be a lot different now. Who knows, especially after Sandy and such, but... I didn't really like Wildwood, like Seaside and like Point Pleasant, because I, I always went to Point Pleasant, because Point Pleasant's, you know, closer to us. I always went there a lot. Like, as a really little kid, we went to actually Ortley Beach. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's actually right next to Seaside. Uh, probably have. just didn't know by the name. Speaking of Seaside, I'm going to have a nostalgia story about Pokemon in Seaside. But, um, so before, before I get down, actually, I'll just tell it now. Um, back, so... Back in the day, I guess they're still there. You, you know, you know the on the boardwalk they had the uh the, they had the claw machines and then they had the spinner machines where you would like you got the board and then you put down a quarter or fifty cents 
on a number or a symbol, and then they would spin oh, the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. So there was always a. Ever since I was a little kid, there was always a store, not a store, a stand that had every like popular toy at the time. So in the early '90s, it was the X Men cartoon. They and they had every figure. Every single one. And they had, when Power Rangers was big, they had all the Zords, they had all the, the weapons, they had all the figures. And then when Pokemon came out, they had all of the Poke Blasters. They had the Tomy wow, figures, the Japanese the ones. Yeah, that's crazy. They had the plushes. Uh, the only thing they didn't have was the games, but you could always win them if you spent like 100,000 tickets, yeah. which ended up being like 500 bucks, some crazy amount, but... Um, yeah, so that's Stan. So whenever I would go, I would go and I would try to win like Pokemon plushies or, or Pokemon toys out of those machines. Yeah, that's amazing, man. It's crazy too, because you know, we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I really wasn't a big toy kid growing up. Um, I just wasn't, I don't know why I didn't like, I had them. My dad got me them from, we always went to Toys R Us and such, but I was never really huge in the toys. But then, growing up, getting into Pokemon, a lot of the stuff for a couple years that I only bought was really sealed toys. It's, it's pretty weird, because I was into the I was into the cards for a little bit, like you know, as a kid, obviously. But then I didn't really get back into the cards heavily until about a year ago. So why don't you talk a little bit about your channel? So right. I know what it's about, but um, you make a video a day, which is very impressive. Yeah, I appreciate in and of that, itself. man. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't really notice that or or even recognize that it's actually happening um you know i'm trying to really grow on youtube it's, it's kind of hard like compared to like instagram twitter everything else i understand it i don't really understand youtube yet it's, it's kind of like something i'm still trying to learn something i was out of for a long time but yeah man i i upload every single day uh, i try to bring a variety but it's mostly vintage pokemon and when i talk vintage pokemon i'm talking like anything sealed i'm mostly a sealed collector but i do like a lot of random items I try to bring also because I, I am still like actively and currently into the trading cards uh, for the last, like I said, about year, maybe maybe 10 months or so. Honestly, Hidden Fates came out last year as a big set in Pokemon. And when that set came out, it got my attention and it was just, you know, super hyped up everywhere on Reddit. You know, I'm a big Reddit guy. So I was always when I was at work, I was always, uh you know, on Reddit lurking and seeing what was going on. And actually, there was like a, a Black Friday deal for the tins for the the hidden fates tins last year and the tins were ten dollars each and people were like just going crazy because it was super hard to find them at that point so i remember seeing like a post go viral on reddit about it and honestly that made me get back into the cards but for the last about seven years or so i started back in like uh mid 2013 the first thing that i got when i got back into the game uh long story short some one of my friends owed me a bunch of money and he ended up buying me pokemon blue version like the original one, but sealed mm -hmm. and graded, and it, it's graded at 8.5. And back then, it was worth like I think like 400 bucks I spent on it. Um, and I think the last one just sold for like four thousand dollars, which is crazy to see. Like this, you know, a hundred times growth, or, you know, whatever, ten times growth on, yeah, on something in, in such a, a little time. And what's crazy, I don't know why back then I was thinking about it, but that really made me start getting into more of the sealed items. And uh, like I brought up before, I, I have a lot of like Hasbro items, a lot of all those sealed like Battle Blasters you were talking about. There's a lot of those toys that you would see back in the day at like KB Toys or Toys R Us. Just that you know that yellow, that red packaging with the the blue in the background. It's just like that that old anything that's old like that Pokemon. That's what I'm mostly into and I collect. 
Um, I'm, I'm really trying to grow, like I said, on YouTube, but I'm seriously growing crazy, and I understand it more on Instagram. Uh, Vintage Pokemon Hunter on Instagram. Those that don't know, um, but yeah, I go also by Nunez. That's my last name. That's uh, another thing, too, that I'm trying to do um, and keep up with. Also, I play a video game called Gears of War at a semi-professional slash professional level, right on the border of it. I've I've gotten pro before, but it's really hard to you know keep up with it, especially with the team game. It's a five-person game. You're dealing with people with egos. You're dealing with you know people that go and and try and make themselves better. And you know sometimes you have to respect it. Sometimes it's you know it's for the right deal, but a lot of the times it just it's for things that sound good. So between Gears of War, between Pokemon, um, I also co-own and co-created a studio with uh, a lot of people don't even know that. With one of my friends, Sal. We did it about a year ago. It's actually been active for a year. We, we started a year ago. Um, in about November, I'd say, it's really about active for a year and actually functioning. And it's a studio where you walk in and it's literally like a whole gaming setup. Like, pretty much almost mirror my setup I have here home. Like, you know, computer, two monitors, uh, another monitor for my game. So there's three monitors, you know, Xbox, PS4. Then you walk into the next room, there's like a whole podcast studio. And in that same room, there's like a like a music studio too. So it's like a music studio, a podcast studio, and like a Twitch live stream gaming studio all in one. And honestly, I don't know a lot of people that do that or even know of something like that that exists. Uh, it's pretty crazy. But uh, what happened with you know through COVID, we haven't been able to really pump as much as we can out of there. Um, you know, it, right. it, it is kind of active where you know there's not a lot of people hanging out there, or there would be, you know, some people that rent out in an hour still. Here and there, but you know it's not what a hundred people there. It's only you know maybe two, three people at a time. Try and limit everything, you know, just because of how crazy it is, especially here in New Jersey. So between that and then also, <laughs> I was talking is crazy. I was talking to this one girl that I know recently. She's like, "You're just a jack of all trades." Like all this random shit I hear you do. So I actually also own a business too on the side with my good friend Phil, and uh, we install like cameras and like networking, like internet and stuff like that. And then uh, also on the side, since we have a business, my Uncle Louie, you know, gives us work too. So I work with my Uncle Louie, and then, you know, he gives us work for our business. I've been doing a lot of, like, Chipotle installs recently. We do a lot of work with Chipotle, like McDonald's, big big companies like that. My friend actually did a Taco Bell yesterday. You know, we do all, like, the, the camera work for them. And that's something. So that's yeah. so that's where all the money comes so from there's eBay, a lot. Yeah, that, between <laughs> that, you know, Pokemon, I, you know, and honestly, I, I sell a lot of cards on eBay. Like, I'm literally staring at a stack right now. Of probably like a thousand cards I need to sell on eBay. Just, you know, older shit. Just a lot of stuff that I got in, in bulk lots that I don't want. That aren't, you know, good enough quality that I want. Uh, a lot of newer stuff that I pulled. So, like, a lot of this newer stuff that I open, you know, if I don't if I don't like the card. Or if it's not, a, like, a rare card. You know, I just get rid of them for the most part. So Are you trying to collect uh, the whole set? Like, every set? So, what I'm, I'm honestly trying to do right now. I'm just trying to get all of the older Pokemon cards... And anything older, Wizards of the Coast, that's in good condition. I'm just trying to have them, like, for the future. And then also, yeah. just, like, right now I'm building a Shadowless set, so I'm trying to have that. Like, I'm, I'm focusing on, I'm going to focus on one set at a time. And a lot, some of these cards I had from a kid, or some of these cards I've just gotten a, lot, a bunch of over the last couple months. So, like, I found a bunch of, like, first edition Neo Genesis rare, uh, random cards. Like, I found, like, 50 of them out of the set. Just in my childhood, like, my drawer upstairs in my bedroom. So after I do the Shadowless wow. set, yeah, I'm probably gonna do First Edition Neo Genesis after, and you know that's gonna that's gonna cost a lot because that set has actually been going crazy recently. 
go figure. That's actually, you know what's crazy about that? Uh, just a quick story real quick, and we'll get, get into the next topic or whatever. Uh, when I first moved down here, grew up in Jersey City originally, and I moved down to when I was about eight. And the first, that's that was the pack that was out, was Neo Genesis was the, at that time. It was like 2001, 2002 when we first moved down here. And I'll never forget going to Pathmark. It was like right around the corner from my house. Pathmark doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, going to Pathmark, and I would go every time my mom needed to go food shopping, I would go because I'm, at the end, when you walked out, there was a vending machine, that, and she would get me a pack of cards every time. And I know a lot of those cards I are from those packs. That yep. <laughs> from the vending machine. I got a lot of Japanese cards that way. Yeah, I believe it. That's I. My one friend Dylan was asking recently, like, how the hell did all these little kids have all these Japanese cards from? I don't get it. Like from the '98. Yeah, no, the vending machines. Yeah. The vending machines had fakes and they had yep. Japanese. That's literally what it is. Yep, and um, the so around that time you moved here, there was a, a hobby shop that I played at every Saturday. It was Pokemon League? So like right after cartoons. I would go to the Pokemon League and I would play for four or five hours, and then that's when Wizards of the Coast ran the Pokemon League. And you could you had this little book, and you okay. got stamps, and then after you got the stamps, you got badges. Yeah, I remember that actually. I actually there was something like that, but for the card game as well. I didn't do it for the yeah no like that, the mall that's what it was for the yeah, card game. No, I'm sorry for the video game for the I'm sorry for the video game in the mall. I remember doing something like that. It was like a. I know there was a tournament when there was like a one time where they gave away Mew in like the mall. I don't know if you remember that. Like Woodbridge yes, Mall. I was yeah, there. I was there in Woodbridge Mall. But then also there was another thing where they, they had like tournaments for the video games. It was almost the same thing like you said because I remember getting badges. Like I remember that. But I, I couldn't remember exactly what it was from because I know I never played like the card game at a tournament ever when I was a kid. But I do remember playing the video game. I remember playing and I remember, losing, I remember losing to some girl and I was so pissed. So young. A lot of the – a lot of promos – that a lot of the early Watsy promos you got from the Pokemon League for, um, they had like stickers that you put at the back of the badge book. I actually have my brother's right here. Wow. I found it, so I've been looking through it. But in the back of the badge book, you have um, stickers that once you completed it, you got one of the promos. So like one of them was like Team Rocket's Meowth. Uh, that's the only one I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, then that, that's Team how Rocket, you got. There was like a them. Pikachu okay. one. Yeah, so you got that, and then in that same Pokemon League, if you drew a picture of a Pokemon card, like you make up your own and you send it away, they mail you back uh happy birthday Pikachu. So that's how you got that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of the, like the Pokemon league. Um, so at this hobby shop, I remember um, I had like mom gave them away and I'm so pissed, but I had the first six sets complete. So base jungle fossil, gym hero, gym challenge, team rocket, yeah, I had all of them complete. Not first edition, but the um speaking of the mall tour, so in the late nineties, Watsy not Watsy, yeah, Watsy and the Pokemon League, Pokemon Company did a um a tour around the United States. Okay. And, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Pokemon uh, it was literally called the the tour, right? It was like trainer showdown. Yeah, it was was that what it was? Yep, it, that, Yeah, yep, so I'm looking exactly I literally have two T shirts from here right now, and you know what's crazy? Some dude recently randomly reached out to me on Instagram and messaged me and he was like one of those where back in the day he was like ashamed to tell any of his friends or anything. So he would go to these tournaments and he literally won them, bro. He has like hats and like jackets and shit and like certificates and all this stuff. And he just literally just put it in a, in a chest one day and just kept it. He's like, he's like, I'm so happy my mom kept this because obviously I, I didn't care about this. But this was, you know, back in the day when 
being a nerd wasn't cool and you got made fun of and people didn't, you know, want to go yep. out there and just flaunt the fact that they were literally winning Pokemon card tournaments. And it's, it's messed up because that dude was probably so good and he just stopped playing because of that, you know? He re- yeah, eventually yeah. just and stopped playing because of that. He was actually really good. And Pokemon Go, everybody yep. plays. The um, that that mall tour was the only official way to get Mew in the game outside of Game Shark. Yeah, that I remember that man. It's crazy because that that was like I said it was literally when I first I remember that that Mew mall thing. Literally, we were in the middle of moving. I'm not kidding. We were like, there was no furniture in this house. Like I remember, we had to literally I had to sleep literally in the living room over here on like a couch because it was so close. We my dad like my dad knew about it somehow. I had. I had um, I had Pokemon Red, and I was waiting in line with my uncle and my brother for maybe like five hours to get to Wizards of the Coast to get packs. And I had 149 Pokemon, and me being a stupid kid, you know how when in the old games when you hit save and it said saving? Yeah. It didn't say saving, don't turn off the power like it does now. It just says saving. I thought that meant it was saved, so I would turn it off. My game erased. I was one Pokemon away from getting a complete Pokedex. Wow, yeah. Furious. How did it work though? Like that, it just did that. Yeah, because if if a lot of the older games it were easier to get corrupted, the file, and if you, I don't know if it had something to do with doing the rare candy trick in the past, the but no. yeah. if yeah, but the file would get corrupted. So if you corrupted the save multiple times, it would just flat out erase the whole game. And that was, and my brother's Game Boy fell from the second floor down to the first floor, and it landed on a security guard. And the Game Boy didn't crack, and I was like, "That's pretty awesome." So I had to run down and go pick it up. But I remember I pulled in those packs a first edition Alakazam. Wow. Yeah, and it has a nice. It had a nice scratch all the way on the side, and I was like, "That sucks." Even when you pulled it, it had a scratch on it. Wow. Yep. As soon as I pulled it, it had a nice scratch. That old school Wizards of the Coast uh, quality. Well, I mean, I so Pokemon was my first card game that I played. Like I bought Magic packs in the past, but I didn't know really how to play. I just thought it was cool. My cousin played, so whatever he did, like I did. Before Pokemon, you had you actually bought Magic cards before. Wow, yeah, okay. I did, but I didn't really know what it was. So I remember going to the comic book store, and he was like, "Oh, Magic the Gathering," and I'm like five years old. I'm like, "Oh yeah, whatever. It's cool. You like it." So I would, I when I played Pokemon at the same hobby shop they had like the cool kids the older kids they all played magic and yeah, it was like a, it literally was an older kid thing it really was from like especially from me right. like, from my age like it's crazy because I, I feel like kids your age are like the cutoff where it's like you either played magic or like you you were like pokemon is either cool or or you're too old for pokemon like it was like literally your age or like a year right above you yep crazy and then Pokemon was like the gateway to magic. And then I played Yu-Gi-Oh for a bit. But the hobby store, what was cool was and like I don't like I don't see many places do this today. Like some of the stores that you hit up that uh the one I told you about up yeah. here, it's um they they don't do this and I I kind of wish they did, but every Friday night cuz Friday night magic was like a thing. It is a thing, I guess still. But um they would the hobby store would start maybe like 7 8 at night. They would play all the way into the morning, especially if there was a pre-release. They would play, and I remember people would still be playing when Pokemon League started at 10 o'clock. At 10 in the morning, morning. yeah. I believe it. Grinders. People were still playing, and I would go, like, my uncle would take me for midnight releases on Friday night, 
And the guy was like, oh, I can only sell it to you on midnight. So we would go just have at to wait. midnight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then um, people there, it was packed. All everybody playing Magic. So many people playing Magic. And I remember the cards that I used to have were now, I'm looking back, I'm like, son of a bitch. Those are worth thousands. Dude, I was in a freak. I couldn't believe it. I was in a, because, yeah, because you pulled them early. Like, this is, you know, early stuff. I was in a card shop the other day. I was just browsing Pokemon singles. Uh, this place didn't really have any. And it's uh, one of the first places that I went to. So I was like, all right, I'm going to support it because I know they have a cool tournament scene. And But it's it's all the way out in Livingston. I feel I hate having to drive there because it's like so out of the way. So I'll go there maybe like once a month now. And one dude was in there. He made the trip out from – think about it. We're in Livingston. He made the trip out from Manhattan. And he was spending literally like six grand on a Magic deck. He was just building an old deck, I guess, to play with. Literally, yeah, huh? I believe it. I, I don't t- if you want to, if you want to play old Magic like Legacy format competitively, easy three grand, easy. Well, why is it literally just because all those cards are super playable? They're they're hard to come by. Like, why are they so expensive? I didn't understand that. So, um, so Watsi did a thing a long time ago, and it was called the Reserve List, and they don't reprint certain cards that are on the list because they want them to keep their value and they want like collectors to who sought after them to to, have, to retain their value so they said we're never going to reprint these cards just so happens a lot of those cards are some of the best cards in the game so when you want to play the older formats so like if you move a mask like a i'm sure pokemon has this too i haven't followed it competitively in a while but um there's like a standard format where it's like the most recent X amount of sets. Yeah. And um, Magic has the same thing. So And that rotates. But if you've amassed a collection of cards over many, many years, some decades even, you want to use those cards. Otherwise, they're just sitting there taking up dust. So a lot of people play formats like Modern, um, Legacy, even Vintage, which is like no ban list. Um, but they... So in order to play those formats, you need some of the best cards. And those just so happen to be the ones that were first printed. And the original first few sets of Magic from 90, 93, 94, and like early 95 had a. They didn't anticipate how popular it was going to be. So the print run wasn't huge like it is today. Oh, so they just straight up so, didn't make them a lot because it was like a new thing, I guess, right? Right, yeah. So when they made. Like a lot of the lands, like lands or mana or like energy for Pokemon. Um, a lot of the dual lands, or I don't, they don't make dual energy in Pokemon, yeah, they do. but like it, double energy, they do. Yeah, yeah. So it would be um, like a dual land, and those go for well, if you, the blue black one is can go almost a thousand bucks. Wow, for one card, and you That's need four. Just, like four is the minimum, and you need four in your deck. <laughs> yeah, you 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 won't you won't if you you could play like there's ways around it like you could play without them. But if you want to play in a tournament, you won't. You'll be at a severe disadvantage. So a lot of times people will get these cards, then they'll sit on them for forever. Like I know a dude who, his him, he's older than me. So him and his dad in '93 when Magic first came out, guy must have been like 12, 13. His dad was like, "These are going to be worth something one day." So they bought boxes and they put them in a sa- uh, safety deposit box. And then they bought playsets, multiple playsets of each of these cards. What do you mean? The guy. Playsets. So a playset is a set of four, 
because you in a, in a magic in magic you're allowed only four copies of a card per deck okay. except for basic land so a play set is four of them um they bought multiple play sets so like black lotus is the most valuable magic yeah, card i've heard of that he, they maybe bought about 12 or or 16 so like four three or four play sets um the black bordered version which is more money and it's the older one and um the dude bought a house he sold most of the collection. He still has enough to play. Like he still plays with them. And you actually um, know somebody the, that like that's like that. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yep. I believe it. He bought us. He bought a house. Straight up. And like a nice yeah. house too. And so he's like, yeah, um, you know, I thank my dad because he like boxes of old he was just alpha smart. and beta. Yeah, he just wasn't stupid. Yeah, bo- just old boxes. I, dude, I was literally, I was not cursing my mom out, but I was like, like, why are my parents so stupid? Pokemon was so big <laughs> back then, man. It's crazy. I don't understand how. Because there's so many people, right? There's so many people that just either threw it away, or there's like very few people that just knew, like, dude, this is this shit is so big, we have to. Like, there's no way. Same shit with Magic. Magic was probably so mm-hmm. big at one point, you know, in the early '90s, where it's like, wait a second, this this might actually be worth something. Video games too. Crazy. I remember when. Remember the Wiz? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. There was actually a Wiz uh, right here. Right when I moved here, it was like closing down. Actually, there was a Wiz. Yep. I told this. I told the story on the podcast many times. I would go. I went to the Wiz when it was closing. My uncle bought in box like five Sega Genesis, like complete in box for um. He bought five, bought like two or three, for uh. I think they were like ten bucks each, oh my twenty God, bucks each. Yeah, I believe it. And uh, stacks of games, like unopened, brand new, and like me being stupid, it was like, oh, I want to open them and play. And I don't know what happened to these, but. Yeah, I mean, just he had the foresight to do it, but I mean, it's not like worth as much as like a Super Nintendo or, or NES. But what I keep kicking myself about for was I started, I got into like collecting, collecting when I got like my first like part time job. So around like high around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and um, I even a little bit before that, Pokemon was still popular. I kind of like kicking myself for not going back and like buying boxes at the time and just sitting on them. Yeah, because you were you were old enough that you had a job at that point that like, you could have afforded it literally. Yeah, and and even still, like I remember the old Watsy cards at the time weren't. If you didn't have like, first edition cards, that were still worth money. Yeah, like one hundred and fifty bucks. Even that, when it first came out, I remember seeing prices for it. Like a hundred. Yeah, but even in the something. mid. Yeah, even in the mid two thousands though, it was uh, two fifty three hundred bucks. Yeah, I believe it. So. But but like a regular Shadowless Charizard was fifteen twenty dollars because nobody because you couldn't use it you couldn't play with, with it the regular one yeah, yeah dude. unlimited Shadowless Charizard dude, I remember seeing some shit about uh, I don't know if you know who TCA Gaming is he's like one of the biggest YouTubers like um like pretty much for Pokemon yeah, yeah I know yeah. him and so Leon yeah exactly so it's like one of the few you probably even know TCA Gaming he literally the Charizard Authority by the way that's what his name stands for uh, he literally came up flipping just base set unlimited Charizards. I think he was buying them for like ten or fifteen bucks, and then selling them for like twenty or thirty. That's when they, like they were literally that cheap. That that's how he came up, and now he's like literally one of the biggest you know games. He's one of the biggest resellers. He's like one of the biggest collectors. Like one of literally one of the biggest names in the game. It's it's wild, but it yeah. I just remember kicking myself for it and was like, wow, I could have. I remember seeing them too, like at the store I played Magic at, even as early as seven eight years ago. Uh, go and play Magic. They would and just like, have them out. Oh, yeah. Normally. It was like not, got, it was not got, crazy to just see these. 
base set charge are 30 bucks. Crazy. Like, hmm, I have store credit. Maybe I should. I'm like, nah, what am I going to do and You with know it? what's crazy, too, right now? Um, I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, I just got a dark Charizard today for pretty cheap. Like, those, for some reason, are still really cheap. I don't know why. I guess because they made... The thing is, they made a lot of Team Rocket boxes. But this Charizard is still... Like super classic, you know. A lot of a lot of kids our age remember this Charizard because a lot of people like the Rocket set, and this Charizard is still like under a hundred bucks. You can get a pretty mint one for literally less than a hundred bucks. The Team yeah, Rocket, the Team Dark Rocket, Charizard, Dark Charizard yeah. regular one, it's crazy. I, I still don't understand how. Like that's a really big thing. I want to talk about that right now. Like we'll get more into Pokemon, obviously, but like while we're just on this topic, so many of these cards that are older are so undervalued. It's insane. Even PSA graded. Like it's it's hard to find. It really is hard to find clean raw cards nowadays. That's the thing. It's getting a lot harder. Like a lot of people don't. A lot of people know what they have. A lot of people price accordingly. And even if so, a lot of people's cards aren't in really good condition. So you have to. In order to get a card in good condition, you got to buy one of these packs. A lot of these packs are coming in. You know, even a Team Rocket pack right now. Regular Team Rocket pack is like 150 bucks, dude. That's and nuts. if you don't buy it off of that's a that's dude if you buy a pack off of eBay ninety five percent chance it's gonna be light period people are, people weigh the shit out of these now they take a scale so, and they weigh them so if you don't I was gonna ask can you explain what that so, means so you could like I said you could literally so when you open a box of Pokemon cards back in the day there's thirty six packs in them right and the rarity is mm -hmm. literally one in every three packs there's a hollow so if you open a box of thirty six there's twelve hollows in that box guaranteed that's that's the weights. So you could literally the hollow holographic cards literally weigh more than the regular cards do. So you could literally take a scale like that you weigh, you know, your kitchen scale, kitchen, you weigh flour with or whatever. You take one of those scales, you can literally get it at Target. They sell them right next to the shipping supplies. And in Target, they sell everything that you pretty much would need to to ship anything with Pokemon too. That's I get a lot of my things from like Target or Walmart or on a lot on Amazon to ship off of. But like the scale and stuff like that, I definitely target. I would recommend. Mm -hmm. But when you take that scale and you weigh it, that's what a lot of people do. You can pretty much tell whether there's going to be a hollow in it or not. It's like for most Wizards of the Coast sets, it's like 21 grams and up is considered a heavy pack for the most part. But you can only really know if you take the box and break it open and you know take those 12 packs out yourself. But if you go and you buy a random, if I go wanted to get this Dark Charizard right now. And I bought a $150 pack. Most likely, that $150 pack is not going to have a hollow in it. Literally. So you got to buy... So wow. say a, a heavy hollow was going to be... Let's, I, I could probably look right now, but I'd assume a heavy dark... A, a heavy team rocket pack right now is probably like $180, 200 So you're going to pay 200 bucks for the chance at a hollow card. Okay? So you're going to have a hollow card in there. Then you got to try and get this dark Charizard. Right? Then most of the time, even mm -hmm. if you pull it, it's probably not going to be a 10. A lot of these widgets cards, like, you don't know where this pack's been. Again, unless it came right out of a box. You don't know where this random pack's been. This dude probably just found it in his drawer, you know? So it's not. It's yeah. most likely not going to be taken care of, even though the hollows are in, like, the middle of the pack. So for the most part, they do, like, they are kept in pretty, like, good condition. But m even most pack-fresh Wizards cards are going to be, like, a PSA 9 if you were to grade it. So for that reasoning, it's it's a lot harder to get raw cards, but also cards that are like PSA 7, PSA 8 are still super undervalued. Because people still aren't taken into that fact of how hard it is to even get some of these hollows. 
Like, dude, a Neo Genesis Hollow, Neo Revelation, some of these packs are they're more than two hundred dollars. Period. You aren't you're not getting them for more. But you can buy some of the hollows near mint for twenty, thirty bucks. You know what I'm saying? When you when you open yeah, a pack, what do you really want? You want the hollow, you know? Right. You want the you want the hollow. So that that's one of the reasons why I I still am in crazy search of like raw cards or cards that are like a PSA eight, PSA nine. Like I'm looking right now. I just got a, a Hound Door in, and it's a, a GMA nine. And a lot of people don't respect GMA in the terms of card grading. Uh, yeah. People are also questionable with GMA as far as video game grading, but they were the only ones that did it for a while. But again, so and now yeah, WADA does yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, WADA. Everyone loves WADA now. But this GMA company, a lot of people don't respect it. But dude, I'll I just got this GMA Houndor in. It's a, it's a GMA nine, and I'm gonna crack the case open. But the card looks the card looks super clean. Like I'll take this and I'll resubmit it myself eventually. You know. And it's still, Leonhardt it's still uses a Beckett. Card. Yeah, because the reason one of the reasons why he uses Beckett though is because he lives down the street from him. Literally, he literally lives in the same town as him. Uh, okay, the, that makes sense. Because I, I know he lost his Charizard. Dude, PSA. yeah, that's sick. Honestly, I, I'm I'm not gonna I don't know if that actually happened. I don't, I'm I'm thinking he's hyping that up low key. And then he, one day he's yeah, gonna be like, oh, oh I, I found, found it. it. Yeah, all right, bro. Nah, but that does happen to people, man. It's crazy. Um. That's why I get cra- and what's crazy to get the insurance back on it is going to be super annoying because you know he insured it, so then you got to get the insurance back through the postal service, man. That's that's a whole annoying process. That def- that happens to people, man. Happens to a lot of people. It's unfortunate. But it happened to that card. It just so happened to happen to that card. That or oh, it was a crystal needle king in there too, man. It's a ten thousand dollar card if it comes back perfect. Really? Yeah. There was two. There was two cards in that whole order they sent to PSA. Or he literally could have went to Beckett and dropped it off that same day. Is, I guess I know PSA from like PSA for Magic cards for baseball cards. I'm sure PSA is more valuable than Beckett. Uh, it's like weird, man. So PSA, like for some reason in Pokemon, that's the standard. But Beckett is the standard everywhere else, and Beckett is harsher. Like, that's, that's just straight up what it typically is. Like, Beckett is a lot harsher on grading as far as than PSA Because they have is. the four criteria. Yeah, so PSA does that too, but they don't show you exactly what it is, you know? Uh, okay. Because I know he says, like, surfacing. Yeah, Beckett literally shows you all four of it. Got it. Yeah, that that's weird that PSA is the standard, but I guess back in the day, people just did it, and that's what just became the norm. It's, uh, I guess same thing for like comic books. CGC is a standard. Exactly, and you know what's crazy? They just got into grading cards as well. Literally, like a couple months ago, a lot of people are using them because uh, their turnaround time is like pretty good. Pretty much, it's like almost comparable to Beckett. Pretty much, they're supposed that their turnaround time is around a month, around around four business weeks. Yeah, I go to Comic Con a lot of times, and they have like an army of people there just taking things, and they send it right back to you pretty quick. The um. What's weird though about Pokemon? So Magic, I understand. I mean, I don't think it's justified that some a piece of cardboard should be worth tens of thousands of dollars. But I get it why it's more valuable and more sought after because you can actually play in tournaments with the them. The thing too, though, now man is you got to understand these are who's put it is SM Pratt. I don't know if you you know who that is, but that's one of my favorite YouTubers. I I think he has the best insight on Pokemon. Period. This dude's been around 
he was a nerd that loved this shit before it was popular. He's been around when it was when, when it was nothing, when it was not popular, when it was popular. This dude's been around, you know, for the whole time pretty much. And he heavily got back into it. I want to say around like like around 2008 or so. I think he got really back like heavy into it. And that's when Pokémon was heavy heavy on the decline. But that dude SM Pratt um he he made his name around trophy cards, like older Japanese cards that you you know maybe maybe five exist of that people don't even know about. You know that he and he also does that with magic too. He's a he's an old school magic collector, but it's crazy to think that like there's certain people that made their way. You there's Pokemon is so big and nostalgic, but SM Pratt was also putting like this is consumer product, right? Like Pokemon, mm -hmm. the original base set, those base set packs that go for three hundred dollars now, those were sold for how long? They printed that for like four years. The original base set, literally, that's how long they they wow. made boxes of those for. And so you know that that was something that you could just go to the store and buy. Something that, you know, kids our age literally chewed on them. Chewed on them with their teeth. Literally. You know? A lot, a lot of people yeah. didn't take it as the collector item as it was. So that naturally and organically makes them harder to come by. Especially, like, the Shadowless and the first edition ones. Bro, to find any of those clean in the ran like, in the in the random right now, like, in the wild, literally, like, a Pokemon, is, is incredible. Because if they were so limited. Once that first print... That Shadowless print, the second print, and then the third print, like the Unlimited, like that's when they started really pumping them out. Is that third print? I see in your videos you're like, oh, I picked up a bunch of these Shadowless for a dollar, and I'm like, why? I'm like, why is he spending a dollar per like common card? Because so dude, even even if you I look guess... online, those go for like four or five dollars a common card, and Shadowless is hard to come by. Like I'm telling you, that that that's just like a local. The one of my uh. My local shops does that as almost like a, I guess to you know appease the customers, like make them come back type of thing. Uh, is Shadowless so it was first edition, then Shadowless yes. is like the second yes. print, and then everything else yeah, is below. First edition Shadowless, uh, first okay. edition Shadowless, Shadowless, and then the unlimited of the base set. Did Watsy do that intentionally? Yeah. So if you look it up, like the first edition has the stamp, right, and then the Shadowless yep. is the without the the first edition stamp but with no shadow. And then the limited version has like the 3D shadow on the right side, so it was all, and they're all different colors too. It's, it's actually pretty crazy. Like I literally love, I love the original shadow. I actually, I'm one of the weird guys. That I like like first edition Shadowless is always gonna be worth more just because it's the first print. But I like, I like right. the way that Shadowless looks more, just because it looks super clean without the one, and there's no like 3D border on it. There's just white on the sides, and they're like darker. Like the the Pokemon are literally darker on the cards. Like the print is the print is darker. When they did with Magic, whenever they reprinted, they did white border, so you could get the white border version for cheaper than the black border okay. version. So a lot of those land cards I was talking about, you can get like the white border ones are thousand dollars cheaper than the black border ones. But I'm guessing that's the same method they use with Pokemon. They just couldn't change the board, the yellow border around it. Yes. So they just decided yep, to do that. To do everything else. <laughs> that makes sense. So it's a Watsy typical Watsy tactic because they're all collectors and nerds themselves. Everybody who works there. I I've heard some stories, some crazy stuff at Watsy just about. I've been there. Really? Oh yeah, I went on a business trip to Seattle and I tweeted at the uh, the head of Magic R and D. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to Seattle. Can I meet you?" And he goes, "Sure, come to Watsy." <laughs> like what? I was like really? Like that easy? 
What the yeah, hell? so I I pull up in an Uber. Uh, he's like, come like at like around five, and when I'm you know done for the day, and I'll t- hang out with you for a bit, talk to you, and come. I can't. He's like, I can't show you around because there's like a lot of stuff that people are working on that isn't public. I was like, no, I don't care, no problem. So you get there, and it's an office building with the big Wizards of the Coast logo Bro, on top. So when when was this? Uh, boy, two thousand sixteen. Okay. And um, they so I go upstairs. I I had to like so like I had to like sneak upstairs kind of because you needed a um like a badge to get uh, like a key like a key card yeah. yeah yeah like a badge to use the elevator. So I kind of went upstairs with somebody. So I was coming back from a business meeting. So I was already in a suit. So I looked oh, like I belonged. Yeah, yeah, you look like you fit in. And I I come in and like they're like oh where are you going I was like oh, the the top floor and then he's like okay. So I go and I wait, and so people are coming out, and I recognize these people's pictures and stuff from like the streams and the and the website, and they're like, "Oh, are you waiting for somebody?" They're like, "Oh, yes, I have a meeting with Mr. Mark Rosewater," and I guess the guy looked like he's like, "Oh, he must have like a here on business." So he's like, "Oh, come in here and just wait by the lobby." So I went, I stayed in like the the lobby area, but there's a big um, statue that they have of a of a Shivan dragon of like a magic card, but it's like the thing's huge. And um, they had that. They used to be hanging in their old office building, but they got a bunch of uh, different. I guess whatever they're currently selling is out on display, and they have that all over. But like when you look down the hallway, you could see like um, uncut sheets on the wall. Dude, I'm sick. I had I had a chance to buy one of those probably about five years ago. There was one on Craigslist. The dude wanted like 500 bucks for it, but it was kind of beat up. That's the only reason I didn't get it. If it was in good shape, I would have bought it, man. I knew I was something I'd never see again. So crazy. What set? Uh, I think it was Fossil, man, for for Pokemon. I'm pretty sure it was the Fossil set. <sighs> that would have yeah, been worth it. Yeah, bro, crazy. It was it was a little beat up, though. That's literally the only reason I didn't get it. Those uncut sheets are so freaking cool. You you collect like everything though, because I see on your channel you collect the macaroni and cheese boxes. Bro, I just got the freaking Squirtle one and the complete the set. I saw I'm that. So hyped about that, honestly. Um, I didn't know those things were worth any money. What there's, I'm actually about to look it up right now. But I seen last night that uh, the same collector that I bought this off of on Instagram, sorry, on eBay, she posted for sale the two other boxes that she had. She had Charmander and Jigglypuff, and I'm looking right now. Yeah, Jigglypuff sold and Charmander still up forty bucks, dude. <laughs> and uh, and uh, wow. and Polyworld sold for forty is, bucks too. Yeah. And no macaroni inside, just Literally the box. just the box, yeah. And box macaroni and cheese, people. And it's crazy too because literally like two weeks ago, it, I'm looking at the listing right now. I'm still sick about it. There was one that was in way better condition, and I it, it was on like, dude. The, I'm not kidding. The, the auction was at like five dollars. Okay, the last like ten seconds, it goes from five dollars to like twenty. And I bid like I bid forty one at the last minute, and someone literally bid forty two on me, and literally beat me Oof. by one dollar. Like I'm usually that dude that wins it by a dollar. I'm sick. I got beat. So I yep. So then, <laughs> so then somebody uh so then someone like a week later posted that they had uh Poliwhirl for sale, which is you know another Pokemon that and I messaged those that person. I was like, hey, do you have any other Pokemon by any chance? And he's like, yeah, I do. I was like, do you guys have Squirtle? And they're like, yeah. So I just literally bought it off somebody privately. Thank God, like through through eBay, you know, I messaged them through eBay, and I paid through eBay, but they made like a like a private listing, so nobody else would see it and snipe it. 
That's wild. Yeah, so think about that. Like, the last 10 seconds, it went from $5 to $42 for an empty box of fucking macaroni and cheese. Just because there's a Pokemon on it. I had... I remember eating that. I remember eating, like, the SpaghettiOs. Dude, that... that I'm just, I'm trying so hard to find those, man. This, this one girl, Grace... It, it's a super fucked up scenario... Long story short, I know this girl Grace that has that had both of them. There's a Charman, there was a Charizard one and a Blastoise one. She still has the Blastoise one, but she lost the Charizard one in a trade. But bro, those are super hard to find. You know what else this girl Grace has? She has fucking Pokemon Wonder Ball, bro. She's literally one of the, the only collector I know that has that shit. I remember yeah, those. Fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm looking right now back here. Like I, I have so much random shit like that. I have like um, hot chocolate. I'm looking. There's the Pokemon Vitamins. Did the fruit snacks? Yeah, I'm looking right now. I got the fruit snacks. I had the fruit, the Betty Crocker like roll ups, like a fruit roll up kind of thing. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, I remember uh, those. Pop tarts. Remember the vitamins? Pop tarts I have here. Uh, Pokemon. Wild. Yeah, Pokemon toothpaste. Like the the artwork and stuff is really nice that's on the, those things. So the like they're thing, great for display. Man, so there had to be some sick fucks that back then were like, yo, this shit looks cool. It's Pokemon. Fuck it, I'm gonna keep this. You know, and then those those people still have it. That's one of the things when I look on eBay. That's one of the first things that I search every time I type in Pokemon Craft, like K-R-I-F-T, because they make another mm -hmm. a lot of other things. Um, there's something that I have, actually. I have, like, a Pokemon item that I've never seen another collector have randomly. I have fucking Pokemon Craft singles, bro. They made that. <laughs> For cheese? Yeah, like the cheese, literally. And I got it in a lot with the mac and cheese boxes, like, a couple months ago, and I didn't even know what it was. And then I looked at it, and I actually looked at what the fuck it was, and it was literally a Kraft Singles, like, like a cheese box, literally. I didn't yep. know that they so, made dude, that. So, they made anything and everything Pokemon. That's why I love, like, I literally love what I do so much, because it's, it's such, it's like, I'm learning a lot, and it's a lot of things that I remember, or a lot of things that I've never seen before, and I like to show, and like, use my platform to literally showcase that. So, it's not like... I'm going, you know, bragging, like, oh, look how nice my collection is. It's, like, literally a lot of my shit that I really want people to even know exists, you know? Because a, a lot of shit that I find, I didn't even know existed. Right, because you're preserving yeah, it, yeah, too. That's, At this point, you're almost like a curator at a so museum. It's so crazy that people even have some of this shit sealed still, man. It's nuts. So, I got another thing for you to go look up. Okay. Because I don't know if you know that they, had, they did this. So, for the first movie, Pokemon... Did the um? They made toys and they sold them at Burger King, right? And they were they were the blind box. There was a, like before blind boxes were a thing, but they were in Burger King Happy Meals. It was in a white yeah. bag, and inside was the Pokeball with the toy, right? Before that, do you know who the first fast food chain to do Pokemon it wasn't Burger King? No. KFC. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember they had they had a display, dude. I, somebody actually had a display with the the whole big Game Boy and shit on eBay recently for like I think they wanted like five hundred, and then somebody but they had exclusive plushies yeah, too. Yeah, they had Vulpix, uh, Seal. Yeah, Seal. I forget the other ones. Yeah, hell yeah, I remember that. Um, somebody also randomly hit me up on Instagram and they had one like their their grandma or something or their mom worked at KFC and they were giving it away and she brought it home for them and he's kept it ever since. And he wanted he wanted to trade for it, but he just like wanted too much, pretty much. Long story short, we just couldn't make a deal on it. That's I remember there was like the first before the um the ball blasters came out. The there was a like an electric Pikachu toy, and it was sold at the. That's how you got it at KFC, and I was like, I want that. I remember I got it, but I don't know where it is. 
Yeah, it's um, man, it's so crazy because a lot of Burger King shit is super sought after. Like, I have a, a couple cups. I have a lot of uh, promo cups from Burger King. I'm looking at those right now, like in my display. A lot of those are super sought after because, again, who just grabbed, you know, a cup, a drink, and just didn't drink from it? Like, unless you worked at a Burger King or unless you just went and took a stack of cups, you know? A lot of people really just oh, you're the, talking yeah, about like the, the drink cups, like the actual like promo the drink cups, cups yeah. not the limited edition ones that they would sell. Because I got those Disney glasses. Yeah, I know what you're talking about those big ones. Yeah, yeah but the, you're talking like the actual yeah, like the, yeah, drink the cup, the, cup. The, literally the cup that you would drink from. Wow, who would have thought to exactly. save exactly? Uh, you know what? You know what or else? At is least super like sought you know, after? clean it. You were talking about Pokemon the first movie. One of the really items that I'm looking for is from the original movie. The you remember, like, they would have, like, the boxes of, like, nachos and shit, or, like, you would put your drink in it? They had, like, promo boxes of that. The, there's a Pokemon one of that. That's, the movie yeah, theater? there's a Pokemon one of that that's super hard to come by. And also, uh, Popcorn Bucket from the first movie is super hard to come by. Wow. Dude, I found a fucking seller in the United Kingdom that had, like, five of them, and he was gonna sell me three of them, and then he just, like, stopped answering, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna hold on to these for a little bit. Like, the dude reached out to me that he had them. That he was offering to sell them, and then just like stopped answering me. And then when I kept messaging him, he was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna hold on to him." Like, bro, why did you even message me? <laughs> like, like what? What the hell? <laughs> I was, bro, I was way too excited because those are super hard to find. They really are. And I was gonna offer him, I think, like thirty bucks each. I was gonna pay for him, like for a fucking popcorn bucket, bro. Literally. Wow. And that was just yeah. something that people got and threw think away. Think about it. You got to literally got the popcorn, and you would you just take that big ass popcorn bucket home? Most people didn't, or most people didn't keep it. You know. Right, yeah. Now they make like the tin ones that they do yeah, for the all the movies. Yeah, collector ones. Now they're super collectible. That's like a thing. Back then, it's like everything now is collectible. That's the problem. So getting into like newer sets, right? Even though it's it's hard to get a PSA ten now, but like if you look at a lot of these newer sets, a lot of the chase cards have high populations because it's most people are gonna pull it pack fresh, keep it pack fresh, and submit it. It's not like back in the day when someone's gonna throw it around or you know play with it in the card game. A lot of it's a lot of it's collectible now, so even though they make the rates harder on a lot of these cards, and you know they're still you know you still have to print the card, you still have to get the card in your hand, you still have to you know there's still defects that can come with it. It's just inherently easier now to get PSA tens. Not the, not saying that these cards aren't worth money because a lot some of these cards, dude, some of these cards that I could pull out of these, I can literally go to the dollar store right now and pull a card out that'll grade in a PSA ten and it'll sell better than a, a Watsi card. It just that that's how you know the market is healthy because of that can happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's still not it's still not completely out of reach and it still has that factor of the little guy can still win, if that makes sense. It's not like you have to yes. sit here and have, you know, fifty thousand dollars to be successful in this hobby. You can you can do what I just do. Um so I wanted to tell you, dude, I just checked out like I woke up early this morning, I woke up about uh, about nine o'clock, not that early. But I got up out of bed and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have to do this podcast today around 12." But I want to check out Collingswood because it's only like 20 minutes from my house. I drove past the other day. I didn't even know it was that close to my house. I was like, "What the hell?" Let me check this flea market out because there's a Great yeah, there's market. a couple people I've seen that you know have have they go there. Uh, not a lot of people go to English Town, which I feel like I like English Town. I feel like English Town is not that bad. But I've seen people go to Collingwood. It, I've seen people go to there's another one. English Town used to be better. Dude, yeah, I agree. I really 20 didn't. years I really ago like you magic can... that place was crazy that place was magical when e I was a little kid e all the all the buildings yeah. every every vendor was open they were open at till till the night 
The field was always packed. Every table you can find whatever you wanted. You go to English Town to find it. Even ten years ago, when I was game collecting, English Town was a spot. But now that that market's saturated too. Super saturated with the with the games. I'm actually surprised that Pokemon, even in stands and such, isn't bigger yet. Like locally, it's like weird to see. Uh, but yeah, so I made a stop at Collingwood today, and I'm gonna make a video later. I haven't gone through these cards, but dude, I'm literally I was literally on Instagram Live when I found this this dude that had a binder today. Um, I'm on Instagram Live and I'm just walking through, you know, the flea market. And I was actually pissed because I just I just walked past this Marlboro fleece that I was debating on grabbing. I was like, I was gonna ask the dude how much it was, but I was just like talking to somebody in my chat or something. The dude right behind me fucking bought it for two dollars. I was like, shit. Like I'm I'm more of like so I got into collecting Pokemon shirts actually the last couple months heavily. Um, I've I've had a couple shirts over the months, but I got heavy into like looking for shirts and i've gotten a couple of really gems that i didn't even know about uh i bought this one shirt for like 60 bucks that i guess it sells for like three thousand dollars it's like a super rare shirt so yeah it's like wow. a fucking nintendo power magazine exclusive uh pokemon stadium charizard shirt so you can only get it for one so it's a charizard on it it's a pokemon stadium promo and you can only get it in one month of nintendo power like there was like an ad for it. you had to like call and like you know give the the number or whatever on the ad yep so once I posted that, a bunch of these vintage clothing pages have been following me. Like, and I'm talking like the most high-end dudes that there are. Uh, there's one dude, Vintage Wiz. You know, these are people with 70,000 followers on Inst on Instagram that just buy and resell clothes all day. And <laughs> these dudes are reaching out to me trying to buy my shit. Um, I'm I'm still holding on to that shirt because I I honestly think that it's worth a lot more than they're trying to offer me for. I've I've actually gotten an offer for 1,500 on it for a shirt that I paid wow, 60 dollars for. Wild. Yeah. Shout out to my homie. It's yeah, brand my new? homie has sent uh, this dude I, I know on Instagram. He just posted it for sale. And honestly, I didn't know it was rare like that. I just thought it was a cool shirt, so I bought it, you know? Do you ever... Well, I mean, I know there's the dude Slobby in Arizona. He's got that show on Netflix, Slobby's okay. World. But he he collects... He's like a pawn shop, but he he goes to like a bunch of Goodwills and stuff, and he gets like, uh, like Gucci and... Yeah, hell um, yeah. Louis Vuitton oh, shirts and stuff, and even like the fake ones, but he'll occasionally find like uh, like uh, pop culture ish shirts and stuff. But I mean, he might be worth checking out if you want Pokemon stuff because I know he's big into Ninja Turtles okay. yeah. and um, superhero stuff. But I don't see yeah, why not of, somewhere so in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. Pages, they'll hit me up, and uh, you know, as soon as they follow me or whatever, I'll message him like, "Hey, anything Pokemon?" And then I've gotten a couple shirts that way, man, off just random literary pages on Instagram that follow me, or I follow, I found them on somebody else's page. And I messaged him, and, you know, that's how I get it. But uh, back to today. So this morning I went to Collingwood Flea Market, and I'm just looking around, looking around. That, that Marlboro shirt, I'm like, shit. Damn, I, I just missed that. I thought that was cool looking. That You know, the guy only wanted two bucks for it. It's, you know, it's an older Marlboro. Somebody definitely wants this. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I missed that. Go around the corner, and I'm literally at a look, and this dude has, like, some games out. And then he has, like, a – I forget what box. It was, like, a box of baseball cards or some shit. Like, but he had a bunch of them. So I was like, all right, well, either this dude sells cards or he just hit a, cleared out of Walmart and he's trying to flip these. So I was on the live and I just asked him, I was like, hey, you guys have anything Pokemon? And he's like, we do, but it's more like higher end stuff and people don't usually want that. I was like, oh, higher end? Let me see what you got. You're talking, you're speaking my language. <laughs> like, what do you mean higher end? <laughs> dude literally goes into his truck, pulls out a binder and a stack of cards, bro. I literally had to end the live and just go through it with the guy. And uh, I ended up getting... You know, I got seven old Wizards of the Coast Hollows, but they're mint, bro. And I got, I got a Dark Charizard in this lot, too, with the, the Team Rockets Charizard. 
and uh, I paid a hundred bucks for for seven of these older cards, which you know these these cards are worth a couple hundred bucks. And it's it's That's, cool. Those are great yeah, finds. It's it's cool to find that. And it's uh, there's this one dude. Shout out to my boy Rocco the Great. Uh, he goes by to the Toy Bookie on YouTube. Um, he goes by uh, Toy Bookie also. It's on YouTube and on Instagram. But he does this, you know, locally here, and he goes to a lot of these flea markets. He's one of those dudes that goes fucking 6 a.m. every day. You know, he goes super early, and he's always talking about Collins. But I seen him talk about Collins with a bunch, so that's another reason why I stopped by there today. And it's crazy; it's my first time literally going there. I found that dude that had that binder and shit, and I grabbed, you know, a lot of the ones that I thought were in better condition, and that were the ones that I would, you know, are sought after. Let's see, I got. Uh, Snorlax, Erica's Vileplume, Dark Charizard, Blaze Moltres, uh, Brock's Rhydon, Rocket Scyther, and Erica's Dragonair. And a lot of these cards, uh, you see me put the trainer in front of them, the trainer's name. A lot of these cards are from that Gym Hero, Gym Challenge set. And a lot of those set, that was mm -hmm. dude, like, let's back, going back to what I was saying before, you know, those those packs, if I'm going to open one of those packs, bro, it's going to be 200 bucks, period. It's going to be 200, 250 bucks to open one of those packs and maybe get a hollow. And, you know, I just got these pretty clean hollows. Um, you know, if, if I were to grade them, I'd assume they get like a 7 or an 8. But, again, the, the, that's another thing that I want to get into a little bit. PSA grading, we were talking about that before. I just – PSA 7 and up, I think, are highly under like undervalued. Like 7, 8, 9, 10. Anything in those areas, you know, like a mint card. I, I think sure. in the next five years, watch how hard it is to find a mint card, period. Like, they're just going to be expensive. There'll be no card under a PSA 7 that'll be cheaper than $100 in the, in the next five years. You could, Right now, you could still find a PSA 9 of some cards for less than 100 bucks, which is pretty crazy. That's wild. So why are somebody paying $300 for a pack when the hollows inside are only worth maybe 30 because 40 bucks? you got to understand that sealed product is still king no matter what. It's sealed, man. That's it. You can, Somebody could take that. And, and keep it in their sealed collection. Somebody could take that and open it. Uh, somebody could take that okay. and you know weigh it. And if it's light, they'll sell it. Or somebody they'll they'll buy it randomly. And they'll if it's heavy, they'll open it. Like there's there's a bunch of factors that come into it. But no matter what, like you, you get the same thing with like a sealed booster box. A sealed booster box is still gonna go for a more pr a higher premium than the the pack does itself. You know, a pack a, a base yeah. set unlimited yeah. no, a base right. set unlimited pack right now. Like you know, a regular base set, a limited pack, so the third printing, I think the last I seen for like a pack is almost three hundred dollars. Okay, but a box of that is still over eleven grand because there's still that you know two thousand dollar premium on the just a box being sealed. So the more these boxes, the more these boxes get opened on YouTube, the more people want to crack open them, the more everything's going to keep going up because there's no new supply. The demand's just going to keep being there. And there's literally no new supply. They're diminishing the supply day by day. Every single day, you'll see people do box breaks. You'll see people open a box and charge $300 a pack. And they'll get it, too. That Because when you there's a lot of people that do that, and they sell them truly unweighed. Uh, shout out to Z&G Emporium. That's one of the biggest dudes that I know that does that. Like he'll buy a booster box, and he'll break it down, and he'll, he'll charge you a higher premium, but it's truly unweighed. He, doesn't, he literally will show you a video. Say you buy three packs from him. He'll literally take a video yep. of him getting the three packs out of the box and putting them in a bag for you. So oh, yeah. the people pay for truly unweighed, but you can also another way to get like this. This is actually a pretty good secret that anybody listening or you or whoever take this advice. There's these two websites are called one's one's Troll and Toad. You know that obviously, and, yeah, and the other one is TCG Player. Both of those websites, 
Yep. They sometimes both mostly troll and toad, but those in like Dave and Adam Car World, like these bigger reputable websites, when they get packs in, they are on Wade. Period. They don't get in Wade packs. When they get stuff in, most of the time it's on Wade. So if you see them get a restock on booster packs, that's when it's like you should probably take the risk, because you're gonna get at that point you're taking the risk on a truly on Wade pack. At a light pack price. Because if you go buy that same pack on eBay, it's going to be light. Period. That's just how the game is now. Unfortunately, how that is. I did not know yep. that. I've gotten from Dave and Adam, Troll and Toad, and TCG yep. Player. All three of those websites are, you know, it's more likely to be unweighed than it is if you were to buy it on eBay. Troll and Toad's got, like, their, their selection surprises me. Sometimes you'll be going, things will be sold out, and then randomly stuff will pop up. And it's like, how did you have that? Like, where did you find it? Like, even Leonhart, when he's like, oh, I got a base set box. It's like, where do you find this? Like, you're not obviously going, not every flea market. Yeah, so, I'm sure people get lucky. So a lot of these higher end people all know each other. Everyone that knows and is in the know is in like this higher circle that are like legit box sellers. Like, people people know who has boxes. Like, like say I wanted to buy a fucking first edition base set booster box right now. I know who to hit up to go buy that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm in I'm in it yeah, like that. Okay. Like I know I know who to reach out to be like, "Yo, I'm looking for this. Hook me up with a legit guy that'll have this." You know, like actually people like ZNG Emporium are actually middlemen for booster boxes like that. Like you send the money to him, he they send the box to him and he'll ship the box to you or he'll just middleman the transaction, period. So the high-end people I guess just held on to them for many many years. Or they've been around for the last couple of years and they bought them when they were low, bro. Like you got to understand, some of these uh, booster boxes, gotcha. even at the end of, even at the beginning of last year, some of these booster boxes that are going for twenty, twenty-five grand were only, you know, two, three grand. So there's some people that really, really cashed the fuck out the last year or so. I want to say about 2017 is when Pokemon st saw like a like 2016, 2017, like Pokemon Go. Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu came a little after, but like when Pokemon Go came out, that and XY Evolutions, the twenty, you know, the reprint of the twenty of the base set. Yep. That really brought mm -hmm. Pokemon into like the limelight again to an extent. A lot of people came back collecting then. Then in 2017, I was talking about before PSA grading got bigger. Then around the, like you know the new generation, the new game came out, and then Hidden Fates. Man, I think. Hidden, a lot of people are underestimating how much Hidden Fates really brought a lot of people back into the cards. It brought me back. So, it, so why, though? Because I see Leonhart opens up set, uh, Hidden Fates a lot. The set is so crazy. The set... There's so many cards in there that are worth so much money, and there's a Chase Charizard card. So for most sets that have a Chase Charizard card in it, like especially newer sets, there's not that many cards besides the Charizard that are cool or worth money. That set has... It's it was super limited. You couldn't buy booster boxes of it. It was hard to come by because a lot of people were just buying it to resell it. So it's like you had to buy it on the secondary market for, if you weren't going around really, really early. Like I got lucky. I'm looking right now at a bunch of hidden fate shit in front of me, dude. And like I got, I just got super lucky. I I was lucky. I was ahead of the curve. You got the ones that you're giving away. Yeah, so I'm saying, bro, I'm, the shit I'm giving away is the, this one box that I'm giving away. The premium power collection is almost two hundred dollars. I have like fucking ten of them. <laughs> like you know and you know what I'm saying I bought them for retail I did they were like 40 or 50 bucks when they came out 
the same shit with the, the Elite uh, tra dude, the Elite uh. Trainer boxes for that set. The Elite Trainer box is like, for every set they, they do this, where it's like, you get eight packs, you get a, a pack of sleeves, you get uh, like dividers. It, it's pretty much like an intro to the to the TCG, every set they, they do yep. it. So for Hidden Fates, they had the ETBs, but apparently they only they only came out once, like literally one time ever. So people didn't expect that. Everyone just opened the shit out of them. People didn't take those to put them away. Everyone ripped them open because they were one of the only things you could really find at the time. They they retailed I think for thirty bucks, thirty or fifty maybe because they were more expensive. I think they were fifty. Dude, they go for like three hundred now, like three fifty. That's insane. That shit came out not even a year ago. That shit came out like eight months ago. And I have I got I got I got eight of them for for sixty a piece. They're they're are they reprinting now. Hidden Fates? No. No, so they're right? restocking yeah. the tins um, at the end of this year sometime. What does that mean? They have they have tins from last year that they just have in uh, stock okay. that they're just re-putting out. It's actually rumored that it's only going to be mostly in Europe that this restock is going to be. That's what I've heard, at least. Got it. Okay, because I've seen that people talk about that, and I'm not sure, wasn't sure if they meant they're actually reprinting them or, like you said, they have product on hand that they're just going to redistribute into the market. Yeah, so it's like weird. So there's like people like me, right, dude? I am not kidding when I tell you ever I've opened like seven packs of Hidden Fates, ever. Because I truly believe, and I've seen them, I've seen it before, and I know what's going on. Like, Dude, you come come back in like five, ten years. The Hidden Fates is is the Sky Ridge, like like the one of the most expensive sets right now because people slept on it. It's not that it slept on; it's like a lot of people opened the shit out of this set. People people enjoyed it, and it's not like they're gonna remake it. So people are gonna want to come back and be able to open it. A lot of these cards are gonna be super super expensive. That they're just gonna be unattainable unless you get lucky and get them out of the cards, out of the pack. Sorry. And honestly, the packs aren't that bad. Since there's so many cards, there's a lot of like good cards that you can just pull any card in this and make it back. Like a lot of people crack a tin and will get triple their value on just opening a tin, opening four packs, you know? That's nuts. That's yeah. like, it just boggles my mind that, I, I mean, like, I've been on and off like collecting just random things like i really like dragon ball z so i have a bunch of dragon ball okay. z stuff but since i don't know maybe 10 15 years but like just to think that my macaroni and cheese that you threw that you opened box. up and threw away is worth 40 dollars. yeah because real because yeah. but the thing is with food man that shit is so far out like yeah you somebody can think that the cards is gonna be put away like go buy a booster box like that's that can be you can understand why somebody did that right but then, when when yeah, I yeah, ripped when I sure. ripped open a box of Pop Tarts twenty years ago, I'd never thought to put that away, even though, even if it looked cool, you know. So honestly, a lot of stuff like that. So again, I'm gonna shout out to my friend Grace. Um, her her ad is Mew is me seven hundred on Instagram and on YouTube. She got me more into the exclusive shit. So like, I'm into the cards. I love the cards. I'll, I'll always love the cards. But you know, the cards are repetitive. Like the cards are are what they are. I can't just go. I could go on eBay right now if I wanted to, and I could buy the most expensive Charizard card. It's gonna cost me sixty grand, but I could go buy it. It's there. There's multiple of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I could go buy that if I want to. If I wanted to right now, I can't buy a fucking Pokemon fruit snack box. I just can't buy it. 
Period. There doesn't it doesn't exist. There's nobody selling it. Like I can't go buy uh, a Pokemon Colgate toothpaste. You know what I'm saying? Like shit like that that you can't just go buy. Yeah. yeah. Like shit that people remember that is a, you know it's a part in time, it's a part of history, but also at the same time, it's super hard to come by right now. I love shit like that now. Like, I got I got more into that aspect of the collecting side of it. Like any pretty much anything Pokemon vintage. Like, that's my, again, my Instagram is Vintage Pokemon Hunter. I actually also have the at uh, saved Pokemon Nostalgia, all one word, like with one N. I'm debating on I'm debating yeah. on using that at, like switching it over to that and rebranding and such. But, uh, yeah, for now, it's the Vintage Pokemon Hunter. That, that name is very real because I'm out here. Anything Vintage Pokemon, I'm, I'm literally on the hunt for it, whether it be on eBay. You know, like you've seen today, I was I go to the flea market. I drive around a lot, go to Walmart and Target, try and find anything new too. Um, I'm I'm on Facebook Marketplace a lot. That's where I got these deals from yesterday. So even though it's you know it is locally technically, it's it's still you know Facebook Marketplace is untapped that people a lot of people don't even know about that that other aspect of you know getting things locally. Speaking of flea market, um, when you and I like re met or refound each other we were waiting in line at a walmart for the super nintendo Mini. yeah do you remember that you just how random that me. was <laughs> yeah and um but where that walmart was there was used to be the rudy team flea market yeah, yeah wow and um my first time I ever found jungle packs because they were sold out everywhere some lady inside was selling them for nine bucks each and like my mom was like this is crazy so i was only allowed to get like one but um when you walked in to the flea market, and like this was, if you don't know, what it was was essentially like a big building with a bunch of smaller stores sectioned out. And usually it was just uh, like a like a mom and pop, like somebody would come in and they run a business out of there. A lot of times jewelry, uh, like leather goods, um, just random stuff. But uh, when you walked in and you went to the right, there was a guy who sold nothing but, like, old anime stuff. Anything from Japan, he sold. So I've got, like, bootleg Dragon Ball videos, like, of stuff, like, the anime. Uh, they had Dragon Ball figures. Dude had a ton of Pokemon, like, the Tomei okay. figures. So whenever... Like, and in, the same thing with the lady the who sold, like, the Jungle like, Pack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, in yeah, the package. Awesome. In, like, the Japanese package. Um, You know, when I went to Japan, I should have... I went to the Pokemon centers there. And actually, if I find it, I'll give it to you. I have like, um, you know, those things where you put a penny into the machine and then like a quarter and then like you turn the crank and it gives you a, uh, like it stretches out the penny and it makes it into yeah, a thing. Yeah. I have Design. some from the Pokemon Center. Yeah. If I find them, I'll give okay. them to you. But, um, the, uh, when I was in, when I was there, I went to like the, like the retro stores or something like that. They, they had, quite a few amount of like old Pokemon stuff. Obviously it was Japanese stuff, but they preserve it very, very well there compared to here. Yeah, not even that. They're, they're made so much better, man. It's crazy. It's so crazy how much they, they literally print Japanese cards way better than they do American cards. It's nuts. They, it's, it's they literally do. always yeah. been that way too. And the thing too about the, the Pokemon centers is, um, so like they the, the Nintendo store in New York City used to be the Pokemon Center, and then they rebranded it. Yeah, dude, I and remember for a I lot of time. Uh, sorry to cut you off real quick, I do dude. Too. That like so no. I have um the one thing that I have from there. I I actually collect a lot of items specifically from that store. 
I'm like one of the few people that is like a PCNY collector. I actually am like that. But I got this clock that oh, I saw that clock. Dude, it was super nice. Cl- that that, that clock is literally like I'm talking there might be five like it in the world that exist still, maybe. Because but think about back then, two thousand and one, this clock in the Pokemon Center in New York was two hundred dollars. Nobody bought that shit. Period. No. Like no, no, so no. it sat there. A lot of people didn't buy it. And even when the store went out of business, so I actually heard from this guy that I bought it off of. He bought it off of a store in Newark that back when the PCNY closed, this store in Newark bought the whole collection of them and was selling them for twenty dollars, dude. So either that's not yeah. So either they're in a big storage unit somewhere and someone's gonna come across some gold, or you know they just sold like they did in that store and and everyone did whatever they did with them. I'm assuming everyone's you know they sold out for twenty bucks each. Because, like, so my friend actually bought two of them, and he said he sold one a couple years ago, but then he had this one brand new in the box. Um, I actually reached out, and I posted on, I don't know if you know what E4 Pro Boards is, but it's, like, kind of where all the higher-end, like, more knowledgeable people from Pokemon go and they post. It's kind of like their own Reddit. It's like their own forum board. Okay. So I posted, because there's, like, a collector section on there, and I posted my, my clock, and TCA Gaming actually commented on it and told me that he saw one similar. I told him that I paid uh, I paid $1,500 for it, and he told me that he sold one sell for significantly more than that recently. So uh, I I honestly believe that that's one of the pieces that I have in my collection that's going to be, like, priceless. It'll end, it'll end up being, like, it's honestly hard to put a price on that, you know? I have a few items that are like that, and I feel like that that's one of them. Is that your like holy grail yeah, item? Bro, that, that was it's crazy because it really was. Like, it was literally for the, for a while. It was for for more than a, maybe two years or so. I was after it, and then it, you know, it's so trippy because it still feels like a dream how I got that. I woke up from a fucking nap, dude. I was literally cold sleep. Woke up from a nap to my friend Grace again. I mentioned mentioned her again. She's helped me a lot in this Pokemon. It's crazy. She messaged me one day. That there was one for sale on eBay. It's like 11 o'clock. I'm, my sleep schedule is so shot. It's like 11.30 at night. I just woke up from a fucking nap. So <laughs> 11.30 at night, I literally woke up from a nap to this girl that messaged me on Instagram saying that there was a listing on eBay. It was for two grand. The guy wanted 2000 for it. So I messaged him uh, seeing if he would take 1500 and if we can meet locally. Just so happened, and this guy asked me to give him my address so he could see how much it cost to ship. This dude, go. he lived up in, like, Lodi, dude. He lived in North Jersey. Just so happened that this dude that I bought off of eBay lived in northern New Jersey. Like I said to you before, he told me later on in the story, mm-hmm. he ended up telling me that he got it from some store in Newark. But he ended this dude still lived in North Jersey, and he buys and sells video games. Again, this is before the... This is, like, maybe February, March, right before COVID hit. So right before, right. The, like, the, the COVID was, like, really serious, really bad here in New Jersey. He... Yep. He didn't want to get rid of it, but he was actually looking. He's opening his own store. I'm pretty sure it's actually operating. I need to go step uh, stop by there. He's opening his own store. He mostly sells video games. And we ended up making a deal for it for 1500 But what's crazy is he ended up messaging me off. I gave him my shipping and email address, like my, my shipping address, to see how much it would cost to ship. And off of that, he took my first and last name, I guess, put it in Facebook to see if I was legit. And he messaged me on Facebook to make this transaction because I don't know if you know how eBay works but you can't make a, like a transaction off of eBay they actually like read your messages and stuff it's like weird how eBay works yeah really yeah, I didn't you're, know you're that you're supposed to sell through eBay because there's like a there's like a fee and such you know they get paid for it yeah, yeah so 
eBay pretty much wants you to sell on their platform so they get they get all the fees. So this dude messages me on Facebook. Tell me how like three months prior I had messaged him and asked him if the Pokemon Center clock was still available. Like I had found him fucking <laughs> randomly on Facebook lurking somewhere looking for, looking for the clock. So the dude the dude <laughs> knew I was legit because I messaged him fucking three months before on Facebook. How crazy is that? We're talking about a small world. That's wild. Yeah. So he yeah. knew I was legit, so then he met up with me, and we went the next day, 1,500 cash for that. It's a nice clock. Amazing, bro. I'm never getting rid of that. I'll, I'll literally sell everything I have before I sell that. It's literally so crazy. You got to get yourself to Japan. I really do when, it, when that gets better. I Honestly, you know what I really need to do? I'm looking. I'm literally just right now as we're talking, I'm sitting here looking back at my like, displays. I have another display shelf that I need to put up, right? I need to literally finish my setup completely. I need to upgrade. I have a webcam right now. It's crazy because I have a Logitech Brio. It's like a 4K webcam, but it still just doesn't look good. Like, I want to get it. I want to get, like, a nice camera, like, you know, like a professional-looking-ass camera for my face. This is what all the big right. YouTubers do. Leon Hart, Rhyme Style, all of them. They literally have the camera for their face that shows their background. And then they have, they literally use their phone for their hands. Because all these, dude, these phones are, are crazy how they record, you know? So your phone oh, yeah. still works. So a lot of, the, most people use their phone for their hands. So I, I have a really good phone, but I just don't have a really good camera for my face. So I'm, I'm debating on, because I'm actually about to upgrade my phone. Maybe I can finagle it where I, for the time being, I can use my older phone, you know, as my face cam. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, so no I'm just, uh, yeah, so I'm just working idea. on uh, really getting my background all set up and such. Um, getting a lot of stuff out the door. Like I was saying before, man, I'm looking at this stack over here. that I, It's like overwhelming how many cards I need to like sell. Because I do keep a lot of them. Like I'm, I'm also looking at this other, um, the other, like to my left of me right now, I have another stack of everything that I have in like, um, I keep them in like Sterilite flip-top containers. So I, it's almost like, almost like Tupperware. It's almost it. like, it yeah, like mini Tupperware containers type of thing that you could stack them. Mm-hmm. So all the good stuff I like to keep and make sure you know they're free from dust. They're they're all in containers and such. But yeah, man, it's just it's just been a freaking grind. It's been super crazy the last eight months, and it's crazy because especially the last like six months since I've been off of you know I've just been home from all this COVID and such. It's either do I get up like today, man? I could have just sat home and just did nothing and waited to do the podcast, or I just got up and went to Collingwood and, and ended up getting some Pokemon, you know, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, if you want, if you want to go out and get stuff, you gotta get up early. You gotta yep. do a grind. It's like it's it's gonna be more misses than it hits, but you just gotta power through. Yeah, it's like it's just super crazy today. I I swear, I just got so lucky because again, I literally there was no Pokemon or anything on display. It was literally just baseball cards. So I just asked the dude, and the dude literally just went into his van and grabbed a binder and a stack of cards. Like this is one of those instances where I'm gonna have to like when I make the, I'm gonna make a YouTube later video later. Uh, YouTube video later about it, and when I do that, man, I'm gonna have to like, because I was legit on Instagram Live when I did it, so I'm gonna have to like pull, either pull the footage from my Instagram Live, or I'm gonna like go on my Instagram on on the video, because it, it's it's actually pretty crazy to see. It's like you would you would think I was almost faking it how this how it happened, <laughs> like for real. That this thing too. A lot of times people don't ask. Yeah. Like if people don't see something, if you don't ask, you you're never, never gonna know. know. People pull. It. I seen some lady today that had a she had a bunch of Star Wars and shit. So I asked her, I was like, hey, you got Pokemon? They're like, nah, I got some Yu-Gi-Oh, but it was, you know, it was a couple of newer things. It was nothing, like, older. Because I know even a lot of older Yu-Gi-Oh stuff is worth a lot of money now. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, oh, definitely. I saw my 
a friend of mine was selling his old cards and somebody was like, you know, by the way, the Blue Eyes White Dragon from the Game Boy game, easy 500 bucks. Oh, it's, yeah. He's in beat up yeah. condition. I was like, I didn't the, know that. Because it's the first, first print of it, if it is, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, dude, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. But I have, so before, I have one more Pokemon question and then I wanted to ask a quick Gears I question remember. before we wrapped up. What's your, so two questions okay. actually. What's your, what do you predict is going to be like the next hot thing in Pokemon that's not really, like people aren't really looking at right now, but it's going to be, like this is going to be the, the thing in a couple months right, or maybe so next my, year. The next thing in my opinion, and what it just kind of makes sense going by the timeline of like what's popular and what's becoming vintage, there's a thing that's called the Level X cards, it's LVX, and they came out, they started at around like 2008 into like 2010. And specifically, like, Charizard, Rayquaza, like, the starters, like, the more popular Pokemon. But just any, like, uh, and then there's other ones like Gengar, Level X, uh, Snorlax, Level X. There's a lot of cards that, again, this is, we're talking an era where Pokemon wasn't big. It wasn't popular. People didn't collect them. So it was legit. These are people that either they took it and they put it away or they took it and they ripped it in half. So it's, like, hard to find these cards in mint condition. They're low population cards. A lot of these packs are expensive now. So it's hard to find these cards mint raw. And right now, gold stars are currently popular. And that came out like right before these. So I truly believe that the next thing that's going to be super hot, that's super cheap right now, it's level X cards. That's my opinion. Level yep. X. All right, that's Look good to know. That 100%. And then what's your... Like, what's your... What's the one thing right now that you that you need to get? What's your your grail? What's the thing that's eluded you? What's the one thing that you want so for your collection? So the, mo- Anything. the Cards, most right now that's merch. that's within my reach, that's realistic right now. I want a first edition Blastoise. Still don't have one. It's pissing me off. It's actually it's actually really pissing me off at this point. Like an actual nice first edition Blastoise. Like right now, I'm gonna open this and I have. Three Shadowless Blastoise, and again, I, I really do like Shadowless more than the first edition, but I just want the first edition so bad. Like, I have three of these Shadowless boys in my hands right now, and they're just, they just look so different, and they're so darker of colors, and they're just like, you could tell that it was printed so different. Uh, two of these are mint, and one of them I, could, I should probably throw in a binder because it's pretty beat up, but it's, the fact that I found Shadowless cards, period, like locally, is pretty crazy. But again, I haven't seen. Ask me how many first edition clean cards I've seen locally. Literally zero. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't even have. You don't even have to answer that because it's literally not, it's, bro. The only the only first edition cards that I've seen locally are literally got bite marks on them. I'm not kidding. So <laughs> it's. I had a friend Ryan, um, Will the Beast, the dude I know from Gears. His name goes by Will the Beast. He, I got him into collecting Pokemon and he's been going super crazy he got a lot he got really lucky locally uh actually he posted on Facebook and a bunch of people reached out to him literally the first day that he posted on Facebook an old couple reached out to him and he bought a first edition Charizard and a first edition Blastoise literally within 20 minutes of posting on Facebook so yeah wow. and the Charizard was mint the Charizard actually I think he it came back a PSA 8 he went and graded it but of course of course the Blastoise was beat up and he wanted, he still wanted like I think three or four hundred for it, but I didn't want to pay for it. Beat up, like I'm, I'm gonna either, I'm gonna sell a bunch of things right now and buy like a PSA eight first edition just because 
they're still around like fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars. You can get one realistically for, but dude, a PSA nine, PSA ten, where you're talking a, a PSA ten first edition Blastoise is around ten grand, ten thousand dollars. Like, I could I could get that, but I just I had to sell a lot of out of my collection, and I would not want to do that. But like a lot of stuff that I just have laying around that I have duplicates of and such, I can I could easily get over a thousand for, and just get the Blastoise. So that's like. The next big thing that I want to, that I'm really after is the first edition Blastoise, but I'm always, no matter what, I'm always after just, like, 1998, 1999, 2000, mostly those years, sealed anything Pokemon for the most part. Um, mostly toys, but then it's just anything, you know, random. That's that's mostly what I'm looking after, oh, for, like, for the most part. But All definitely right. that first edition Blastoise... Uh, that's that's got to be my grail for now. But what I read the, the, the popcorn that, bucket, yeah, hell yeah. But the the overall grail, the like, to take this question a little further. Like my what, my grail all time is a first edition base set booster box sealed. Like that's that's the ultimate goal to have not only the Charizard that's in it, but have the actual booster box that it came from. Like that's that's the ultimate goal of of my collecting journey. Like when I have when I have one of those, that's when I know like I did something right and I like I made it type shit literally. Would you open nah, it? Nah, hell no, keep, keep it sealed. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, a couple times you brought up being a gears player, and so how do you? So one, how does it? How do you one become a pro player, and two, what's the scene like for gears professional gears? Wow, so um. Man, I, I started playing Gears of War when I was 14, 15. You know, I'm t- Gears of War 2 is my, yeah, so one of my favorite games ever. It's crazy because I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it as much as I loved the first one. Like, the first one was my shit, man. That was that game just can't be replicated. It's just different. Um, it, It's crazy, man, because back then, you know, it was just playing for the fun of it with some friends, uh, from friends from school, and then my friends in real life. Uh, my, my best friend Brandon actually got me into the game, just playing with him back and forth. And when I got the game for Christmas myself, uh, everybody started playing. And about a month into me having my own Xbox, we started playing on this website called Game Battles. And it was just like you and a, you know your clan mates or whatever your teammates would go up against another team. And we got oh, we cool. got decent on that. And eventually everyone stopped playing. But you know I was always playing still. After a couple of years, like we we got pretty good on Game Battles. We were always like top ten on the ladder. You know me and the homies everyone that was locally then you know we had a couple guys that we met online and such that were on the team but it was mostly you know the core of it was us. Uh, my homie Jason across the street my, my homie JT Mikey Kafer like just a bunch of my homies that we knew from here that were actually pretty good at the game so I, I was always the best like I don't get I don't not even I'm sitting here to my horn I'm just straight straight facts like once I got the game and I really understood it and such like I was I was literally the best so everyone knew that I was the best, and everyone just listened to me. And when we, when everyone listened to me, we did pretty well. And uh, it's funny because going going into the future of Gears Five and like where we're at now too, that that's what happens now is a lot of people just refuse to listen to me and refuse to respect me because I'm I'm like I'm an old man in the scene now. It's funny, even though a lot of these kids that call me an old man are like 24, 25, like they're getting old too. But it's just like a it's, it's a whole new way the game is played now. It's a lot faster. It's a lot it's a lot less thinking and a lot more of you know. Just doing ridiculous inputs and, and getting away with the game being horrible. Um, so the, the state of Gears of War is just a lot different now than it was back then. Back then it was a lot. It's actually a lot harder to compete because there. Even now it's a lot harder to compete because there isn't a lot of many. There's not that many teams. 
and, it, and now it's five it's five people on a team. But if you wanted to compete, so you can literally pretty much there's a company called UMG that's running these tournaments, and if you wanted to compete, you know, you get five people and you sign up for the tournaments, and it goes by seeding each week, and eventually that seeding gets you into these main tournaments. So there's a tournament every Sunday, and then those tournaments online, all, everything's online now, obviously, but before that, we used to actually go, you know, the last tournament I went to was in Mexico City, right before the lockdown, which was pretty crazy. Oh, wow, so you travel. Oh, yeah, I've, been to Mexico, I've been to Mexico City like four times at this point, it's pretty crazy. So, in Mexico wow, is, City, is Vegas, world? it was just a, you know, like a world, like, yeah, it was like a, not worlds, but a world tournament, it was a... Yeah, right. Tournament where everybody, I, everybody I in the professional world, yeah, everybody like in the world was there. All the, yeah, everybody from Europe. It was in Mexico City, so obviously everybody from Latin America was there. It's actually super follow... big. It's hard to cut oh, you off. Mexico, Gears of War is it's the biggest it ever was. But uh, right now, for years, they're in the middle of there's an off season, so no one's playing the game really right now. Everyone's playing it whenever they can casually because they're in the middle right now of updating the tunings. So there's like this test tuning that some people are, are in on, but then they're still like finalizing the actual tuning that we're going to play on the game. So people aren't really practicing right now or even really playing the game. People are enjoying their their summer. People are playing other games right now. Um, I've been playing a lot of Apex. About a month ago, I was playing Apex pretty heavy. Now I'm playing a game called uh, Rogue Company with a couple of my homies, a bunch of them from Gears actually that I know. So we've been running that kind of heavy. But once Gears picks back up, We'll see what what's going on with a team. It's just like uh, I I touched into a little bit before. It's kind of hard to keep the same team of five just because of people with egos. People think they deserve better. People think they do they do the most. Some people don't listen to each other. It's just it becomes a weird thing where you're dealing with the egos of five people, and everyone that doesn't have an ego just sucks at the game. So you're no matter what you're dealing with egos. It's it's an it's a very annoying thing. The only the team that I went pro with and that we did a, you know we had the most success with it was a team that I was together with for almost a year. The four four out of the five of us were together for about a year. So that's how you do well. And what's crazy is going into so that was uh, at the end of Gears of War four we got pro we got ninth place in in Boston. We went to a tournament in Boston and we did well. And then going in that was Gears of War four going into Gears of War five there was like a, a couple month break. So last year, the tournament was in May, and then uh, in September, the new game came out. So there was like a like a three-and-a-half-month break or so. During that yep. break, my team just couldn't stay together. Uh, one kid, one guy left to go play with other kids. You know, it sounded good. Uh, the, five, the four of us tried to pick up somebody else in the beginning of the game, and it just did, ended up not working. Long story short, I end up making my own team uh, for the first tournament for Gears War 5 with San Diego. And I end up playing actually four out of the five. So for Mexico City, it's four out of five of my old teammates, but not including the one that left us in the beginning of Gears Five, a different one that I played that we played with prior. So we played together as a team going into Mexico City, which was before Boston. Then we dropped this one player and we picked up another player. But that that same player VQ they picked up. So there was I literally played against four of my old teammates. In San Diego, and we beat them 2-0. Like it was bad. We beat them. We beat them real bad. So it just goes to show again. Like I picked up a, a another team of a bunch of you know pretty much nobodies that were decent. That they listened to me. We did well, and you know they they all made a name for themselves too, just off of that. But the thing is, it always happens where you know it's another team of another kid group of four little kids that 
are absolute nobodies, you know, three of the four of them go and fuck me over. So it just that you know that's how the cycle works. You you take nobodies, you help them make a name for themselves, and they fuck you over. That that's happened to me for the last like ten years. It's a fucked up cycle. Um, and I'm still in the middle of it. You know that's how that's how it goes when you're at the top, like, and everyone else is trying to climb the tippity top. If that makes sense, it's like every yep. everyone's trying yep. everyone's reason. trying to make like a super team. If that makes sense, almost like LeBron type shit. Everyone's trying to make this super. It's like League of Everyone's Legends. trying to make this team that not only are you guys performing, but does it sound good to everybody else too? It's like weird. Na- names matter for some reason in, in the community. It's very weird. Uh, but like I said to you, so like I, I play the game at a at a very perfect level, at a very like um like I don't I don't do the extra inputs, I don't do the extra bullshit. I play the game extremely perfect how it's meant to be played. And to a lot of these younger kids, that doesn't it doesn't look good, so it doesn't like you know, I'm not flashy if that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no, I'm, I, I'm I not exactly the flashy mean. dude. I'm I'm the dude that's just doing everything super perfect to the minimal that it, where it needs to be. I'm not I'm not doing more because I know what needs to be done in order to you know succeed and do well. And when kids listen to me, we do pretty well. So it's like right now, I'm kind of missing gears. I'm waiting for the season to come out. Like I don't know what the team situation is gonna look like. But for right now, on this game Rogue Company, like I'm playing. It's a game that's fresh. It's slow. It kind of feels like Gears One a little bit to me. It's very slow. Like the game is extremely slow paced. Like there's not a lot going on in your face. Like a not a lot of like quick shit can really happen to you. It's like you have time to react because the game is slow, you know. And I kind of missed that. I kind of missed yep. that from Gears. Gears was like that. Gears was methodical and tactical, and that's what that's what it was. It was known for that. It was known for almost like paintball, like that tactical style of like how it played out. And uh, this new game is it's... pretty fun, though. Rogue Company. It's pretty crazy. Sorry to cut you off. It's pretty crazy because this no, game, Rogue Company, is actually being made by the, the developer is some dude that used to play Gears of War. And he was, used to commentate Gears. He was actually a Halo professional player. This dude, Gandhi, that we know. And he actually is like the head developer now on this new game. So he pretty much took Gears of War, Counter-Strike, and like Call of Duty and some Overwatch and put it into one game, if, if I could say what it what it's like. It's kind of like that. It's all those games into one, but it's not too much and it's not too little. It's It's actually a pretty good game. But another one before we go, dude. Yesterday, um, I don't know if I said this before. I didn't say exactly what I got, but Facebook Marketplace, bro. Yesterday, I got Gale of Darkness and Pokemon Coliseum for twenty dollars on Facebook Marketplace. I saw that ridiculous, video. Ridiculous, bro. That was crazy. Bro, both of those games are a hundred dollars, literally. I know. I, I've had both of them when I was a kid, but <laughs> I'm, I watched the video. I was like, wow, that's a dude, good. Dude, I'm fine. sick. I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't never played them. Like my friend had, my friend had Better Revolution, but I never played it. Like, I just never... Like, I watched him play it for a little bit, but I never played it myself. Your your video, um, the, the one with the cracked case, you can just... Can't you just swap the, the the artwork with the new GameCube case? Or is the artwork damaged, too? No, the artwork isn't damaged. It's just, the, like, the the plastic. The case, the case yeah. is all taped up. Yeah, so couldn't you just take it out and put in a new GameCube case? I mean, I could take the, the disc out, you know? Because I'm looking right... No, you could take out the... You could take out the... the the what you called the, the the artwork too you can slide it out and i guess just put this straight up in another case right yeah right but oh yeah for sure they sell i mean you can sell you can get blank gamecube cases or you can just take like a sports game and then just pop out the say, cover there's no difference between the cases then, right like between the game the game no, cases not, i'm literally not at looking all. right now on both of these yeah i don't see any kind of difference 
There's no difference in any of the... Because GameCube, even the player's choice, they only wrote it on the artwork. Like PlayStation, player's choice, they made the cases red. So yeah, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between Coliseum? Like, what's the difference of me getting a Coliseum, you know, regular case and saying that it's that? It's not going to tell you it's player's choice, right? Like, n- no, the only because Nintendo wrote it on the artwork. Yeah, not on the game. Not on the not on the case itself. The case is stayed the same. The uh, for player's choice when they did that with Game Boy Advance, they wrote it right on the box, so you can't like you're stuck with it. But for GameCube, it's all in the artwork, so you could just slip out that cover, slip it right yeah, into bro, a, I need to, yeah, like a sports you're game. You're so right, bro. I, need, I literally need to just get a cheap, yeah, a cheap GameCube game, literally, and just slide this out. Yeah, because I'm looking right now, bro. The artwork, uh, it's still got a. I don't know what happened, bro. It looks like almost like a, um, a scratch, but like a knife, or there is a little I mean, scratch on they it. They honestly not that bad. did the work for you. <laughs> they did the work for you. All you got to do is now just rip that off, slide that out, and then in the new one. You can just if if they don't come off easily, you can just make it go with a razor with a box cutter. The very top, make it just a nice slit. Slide that out. Slide Hell that yeah. one in. Yeah, you're I'm good to go. Have to do that honestly. Eventually, I guess next time I go out and I just see a cheap GameCube game, I'm gonna buy it just to swap the the cover out. GameCube's hot right no, now. It really That's is. The, uh... Even today at Collingswood, I didn't even like. I see a lot of. I see more right now. I literally see more like Xbox One, PS4 games than I see GameCube or anything like that. It's crazy. I don't really see a lot of those older games, and if I do, they're not like good games or sought after ones. We're we're at the very end of the N sixty four popularity craze right now. We're like middle end of that, and then we're getting into the GameCube. So GameCube's gonna be hot for the next year, year or two, because we Super Nintendo and Nintendo are like the collectors who wanted to collect for it are pretty much got what they wanted, and the people who just wanted to flip it are realizing now that it's not worth as much. I mean, obviously the popular games are gonna be, but Right now, it's end of N64 and beginning of GameCube. So, if you have GameCube stuff, end of this year, probably going to be the time to sell. Yeah, honestly, I'll, I'll probably just end up keeping it, man. I love this shit. I like, especially those two games I just got. I actually just put them in a stack of, like, the GameCube games that I've actually kept. So, the ones that I actually kept, I kept uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai, the original one. I kept uh, Def Jam Vendetta. I kept uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, and that was it. Just Love those it. three games. Those are the only three games that I've actually like kept that I've had. I'm staring at my Dreamcast yeah. copy of that. Of uh, Sonic. The um. Hell yeah. Yeah, the Pokemon, the, but those Pokemon games, I wouldn't get rid of them because they're never gonna make them again. Like they'll eventually reprint Red and Blue. I mean, they kind of do it. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee. They're gonna. Everybody's talking about the Diamond and Pearl remake that they're supposedly gonna do next year, but they'll never reprint those Coliseum games. And they're not going to release them either on Virtual Console. So the way you have them is the only yeah. way you're going to be able to play them. I'm excited about that, actually. All right, buddy. Yeah, man, it was great chatting, was a man. Blast talking to you. So everybody can find you at Vintage Pokemon Hunter so, on so everything. My at um so on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, everything is Nunez Gao N U N E Z G O W, and then my Pokemon Instagram is Vintage Pokemon Hunter, all one word. All right, we will put links to that in the description of this episode. And when we tweet it out and put it in the story, obviously we'll oh, do yeah, that too. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, just send it out. Do you have an idea of when it, this will come out? It's coming out Friday. Friday. All this right, Friday, cool. the uh, Friday, September 4th. 
Alright, buddy, we'll do this oh, again yeah. for sure. Because I enjoy po- I enjoy talking like all things nostalgia and especially with Pokemon. Yeah, so I've done it. We'll do ton. this again in a couple months or so. Alright. Alright, man. Good, bro. good chat.